This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. Visit SmartGolfDeals.com for promotions and savings. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Oh, good morning, Canada. I hope whatever part of the country you're listening to GTC this morning or this afternoon that you're staring out the window at a blue sky and sunshine and temperatures climbing. And if you're in a province where you can play golf, I hope you get out there and whack that thing around and enjoy some of this good weather moving in. And we're going to talk about that today because that's certainly going to be Part of the discussion, uh, a lot of provinces making noise in the last few days about when golf will return. we got a crazy busy show for you. Feels like it's the middle of July, August, Bob, with the amount of golf content we have for everyone this morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's um, you know, in our neck of the woods right here in Toronto, it's uh, sunny. It's going to be a beautiful weekend, and it's going to be hard not to try and think about golf when you have this beautiful weather out there. And uh, But it's, it's, as you said, it's either open or it's coming very soon in just about every part of the country. All right. Now, have you been tempted? Have you gone by Weston to take a look? Now that the sun's out and it's 18 <laughs> degrees today, might you change your running uh, path today, Bob, to maybe <laughs> run by Weston and have a little look-see over the fence, etc.? <laughs> well, I can't really <clears throat> run by there, unfortunately. There's no real good access point to have a look at Weston, unfortunately. The best part was always when you were flying home from somewhere, you'd fly right over the golf course. I have run by St. George's Golf Course, and it looks absolutely mint. It's kind of on my route. It's um, and and for most of the superintendents that I've talked to and people in the golf business, it's been a great uh, spring for for courses. Like the greens are in perfect shape, everything looks pristine. So when we do get going here, uh, I think conditions are going to be just about as good as they've been in, in a lot of springs. Bob, my front lawn looks like Jurassic Park as I stare <laughs> at it right now, okay? I, I could, and you know me, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. If somebody uh, sends me off to the front lawn, I could be lost for a week or so. Okay. You are allowed to cut that, you know. You are allowed to cut that. There's no prohibit, <laughs> prohibition on that right now. <laughs> well, uh, Bob, you know me better, uh, uh, well enough to know that I ain't cutting that my lawn myself. You know that by now. <laughs> Oh, man, we have a, a fun show and a busy show. Um, we're going to get to some news and headlines, but before we do, um, we've got we've got a great story coming up. The Pin Caddy, people have probably seen the, this on social media. This is a great invention uh, out of three guys at a K- Kitchener, Ontario. Bob, you spoke with them, and we're going to run that interview uh, coming up in our next segment, actually. Uh, Zach Yoshi and James uh, uh, Scrypeck. Uh, of the partners of the pin caddy, which is, you know, how to, uh, with this social distancing world coming, this is a device. It's like a little elevator device that works on the flag stick that can get the ball out of the hole without having to touch the cup, touch the flag stick. It's, it's quite brilliant, really. Uh, you and Rick Westhead spoke with Adam Hadwin. You actually teased this up, ep- uh, this interview on our podcast earlier this week. We're going to have that for you. Uh, Elena Sharp joining us in hour two, Scully time, and of course, we promised everybody last week, the O-Dog, the O-Dog coming on to give his side of the story of O-Dog versus Hayes on the 200 Challenge, Are we, what are we going to call this, Bob, from the That's perfect, the 200 the Challenge, 200 that's perfect. Challenge. Uh, and we'll hear O-Dog's side of the story, because a few weeks ago, he claimed that uh, Brian Hayes could not break 200 from the back tips at the National. We had Hazy on last week. 
O-Dog this week to give us his side of the story. 20 weeks of TaylorMade news, uh, Woodington Lake news from their contest. Lots to get to. Let's hit it now. Some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by the McKenzie Tour, PGA Tour Canada. Tomorrow's stars today. All right, news and headlines. And speaking of McKenzie Tour, we should have an announcement we're hoping in the next few weeks about a McKenzie Tour schedule for 2020, an official one. But before we get to that, tour, the tour, the big tour, uh, they, they kind of shook it up this week, Bob, and did what I think we all were expecting. Uh, you're not going to be able to lose your tour card this year in 2020. They're going to extend status through to 2021. So it's almost like a, a super season, a double down on the seasons here. They'll carry your status forward, uh, which means no graduates from the Corn Ferry Tour up to the big tour this year, although they will have some exemptions and some access to the main tour for the players who finish in the top 10 on Corn Ferry this year, the battlefield promotion, if you win three times, will still be in place. That will still elevate you to the big tour. Uh, don't really see anything else they could do here but uh, extend the eligibility. Uh, it's going to be crowded. We've talked about how crowded it's going to be, but what, what other way could you possibly go than this? Yeah, there's no better way. And, and listen, somebody's going to get left out here. Somebody's going to have a great year on their, or what would have been the Corn Ferry Tour season this year and maybe falter when they finish it up next year or, you know, opposite things are going to happen. But it's, it's really the only way you can do it to give everybody a fair chance at either trying to promote or trying to, you know, retain their, their privileges on the PGA Tour. There's not going to be a Corn Ferry Q school this year as well. So that's, that's another, you know, avenue that's been shut down. So, you know, if you're a Corn Ferry Tour player, you're going to get, you're going to have one big, long two-year season, I guess, is what it's going to be to try and get yourself promoted for the 2021-22 season. Um, they're going to re- restart uh, at, with a couple of events actually down in Jacksonville or in Ponte Vedra Beach, I guess, technically June 11th at Sawgrass. So uh, it'll be interesting for a lot of guys. And at the end of this whole scenario, as I say, you know, there's going to be some winners and there's going to be some losers, but I don't think there's any other way you could do it. Yeah, I know, Bob, you were trying to peak for that Corn Ferry Q school, but you're going to have to wait a year, unfortunately, (laughs) and just kind of slow down that peak process. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of uh, qualification periods and extension, we got another uh, extension in Olympic qualifying. Now moving back to uh, summer of 2021, extending that qualification period with the Tokyo Olympics being postponed. And then on the heels of that, stories coming out of Tokyo that uh, unless there's a vaccine available, which I think the world hopes, and there's some positive news on the vaccine front as well, but unless its existence in mass uh, quantity and production is available, that, you know, the Tokyo Olympics are suggesting that it's still a a question mark as well. That's right. Uh, Assuming that the Tokyo Olympics do go ahead in 2021, there will be, you know, a qualification period that will end a year from June. So June 2021 will be the the cutoff date. And again, you know, this is going to be a scenario where somebody who would have qualified if the Olympics had been in 2020 will probably get bumped out. And, um, you know, you could look at the scenario where the Canadian men have right now, where there's there's essentially a, a not cut and dried, but Adam Hadwin and Corey Connors would have been the Olympians. Well, what happens if, uh, let's say, Nick Taylor wins two events between now and next June and bumps out Corey or Adam, depending on what what happens there. Again, you know, that's going to be um, one of those. It's going to be tough for somebody to, 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 to deal with when they would have been an Olympian and they're not. But again, 
How do you make it fair? How do you possibly put this in, in some kind of perspective? Uh, I think the biggest race will probably be for the South Korean women's team. I mean, they've got, you know, so many players up there and they jockey back and forth and they work very hard to get on that team. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be interesting and it's going to be disappointing and it's going to be exhilarating all at the same time. Yeah, there's not much they could do. This this makes a lot of sense, but like you said, somebody is uh, somebody you would assume is going to come out on the short end of the stick on this one. But I, I just don't see it being avoided any other way. I think this is the right call for Olympic qualifying. All right, Bob, we've heard from every province in the country, with the exception of Quebec. We are going to either be oh, you have been told anyway, depending on what province you're in, you're either playing golf right now or have been told that you can play golf on a certain date or have been told to get ready to play golf, that you're going to be opening shortly. Uh, even Ontario yesterday, uh, Premier Doug Ford said, uh, get ready, uh, get your golf courses ready. We're, we're waiving that essentials, uh, essential uh, uh, maintenance schedule. You can get into full maintenance again and be ready to get open very soon. I guess we're still waiting for Quebec, but all signs pointing to COVID-19 golf for everyone very shortly. Yeah, it's uh, it's been sort of a patchwork release over the last week to 10 days, but essentially you can play golf right now in New Brunswick, Alberta, uh, Manitoba on Monday, I think, and then BC, of course, is never really closed. And the other provinces will have openings depending on where you are. Saskatchewan, for instance, is uh, is May 15th. Newfoundland and Labrador, I think, is going to be any time between the 11th and the 30th. And that's basically climate-related more than anything else. Ontario, we don't have a date, but now what it's allowed to do is give the superintendents a chance to go out there and get the golf course into a situ- into a place where it's it's ready for opening day. You know, right prior to this, they've had limited staff. They've basically just been maintaining, and I won't, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Some of them have probably been doing a little bit outside of the essential work. Uh, but now they can do things like um, pull stumps out. They can uh, get the bunkers prepared. They can uh, do some of the things that weren't deemed essential before. So uh, the only, as you said, the only one that's strange is Quebec. And Quebec, for some reason, believe it or not, is allowing pro shops to open next week, but not the golf courses, or they haven't given any timeline on the golf courses. So that's a strange one for me. Geez, that is absolutely bizarre. If we were doing winners weird and what this week, I think we have uh, a winner there, Bob. That's absolutely yeah, bizarre. Oh, okay. Well, we, we, you know, we've only got about 60 seconds left and we've got to fly, but this is a great segue to our next segment, which is going to be on the pin caddy. And we're going to hear from two of the three partners involved with it, with the pin caddy. But Jordan Spieth playing in that celebrity charity event in Dallas this week, uh, to raise money for caddies. 110 yards, par three, Bob. He jars it on the fly, hole in one. However, the plastic social distancing device in the bottom of the cup prevented the ball from hitting to the bottom. It ricocheted out of the cup into the water feature penalty area. And is it an ace or is it a double bogey? Now in this COVID-19 world, no one knows what it is. Now, Jordan Speed says he's considering it an ace. The ball went into the hole. And if we were not in a COVID-19 environment, that would have been a hole-in-one. Instead, it ricochets in the pond. So for you, is that an ace or is that a hole-in-one As we uh, before we hear the, uh, what we, the solution we have, which is pin caddy? No, you got you to gotta play it as it lies. Sorry, Jordan. 
<laughs> I hear you. That's the weird. Who would have ever thought we were having this conversation? The social exactly. distancing device threw his hole in one into the, the water. Pool noodle. Okay. The pool noodle. Absolutely unbelievable. Okay. Well, on the other side, we're going to hear from uh, two of the three partners involved with the pin caddy. There's a solution to this, a way where we can actually keep that. Uh, standard way of having the ball follow the hole, keep some of that tradition in place, and still provide a safe social distancing environment. We're going to hear from them next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was brought to you by SmartGolfDeals.com, the smartest way to shop for golf. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the drivers so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC. Well, Bob wrote a great article this week on TSN.C. Check it out. It's about the pin caddy. And Bob says it best early on in the article. He says, necessity is the mother of invention. And I don't think that is more appropriate than the invention, the pin caddy, with the three principles coming out of Kitchener, Ontario, in the world that's going to look like social distancing uh, moving forward at any time in the near future. Uh, golf is going to be part of that. And we've seen uh, a lot of things on social media uh, protecting the ball from entering the bottom of the cup, whether it be a, a foam ring, a piece of plastic. And, of course, that can cause some issues. We just talked about it in the first segment with Jordan Spieth's kind of hole-in-one in Dallas with the ball being projected from the bottom of the hole. It leaped out of the cup and into the water hazard. Well, these uh, people, our friends in Kitchener, Ontario, with the pin caddy have come up with a device it's almost like a little elevator that you use the, your putter head to lift up and down to, to remove the ball from the bottom of the cup, but it allows a ball to fall to the bottom and still be a safe environment for golfers to participate in. Bob had an opportunity to speak to two of the principals, first being James Sky, uh, Skypack, who is one of the three partners. He's also the teaching director at Deer Ridge Golf Course in Kitchener, Ontario. Let's hear from Bob and James. I'm now by James Skrypeck, and James is the head teaching professional at Deer Ridge Golf Club in uh, in Kitchener. And um, James, we wanted to talk to you uh, this morning about a cool idea that you and a couple of your friends came up with that is um, absolutely perfect for this time of, of trying to golf in in the pandemic. And uh, why don't, before we sort of get into the story of how you came up with it, why don't you you describe exactly what it is? Uh, so what the pin caddy is, is a device that goes on a flag stick and it drops down into the hole and you can put your ball into the hole and eject the ball from the hole uh, without touching the pin or the hole. So you kind of lift the lever up with your putter, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so 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 let's go into the story about how you came up with this and, uh, um, and, and how you guys started manufacturing it and, and tell me about your partners as well. Uh, so the Yoshi brothers own a custom metal fabrication shop in Kitchener, Ontario, and they approached me about two weeks ago uh, with an idea to get the ball out of the hole without uh, touching the pin or the cup, and they had a prototype done in about four days, and uh, once I used the product, I couldn't believe how uh, how we were still able to maintain 
uh, traditional golf experience and uh, and not have to touch the pin or the cup. Um, I had played previously with raised cups and a pool noodle in in the hole, and you just lose that uh, traditional golf experience, like I said. Uh, yeah, I've heard from some guys who've played in, even in tournaments who are saying that the ball sometimes will not – the ball that would go into the cup with a pool noodle idea might not go in with – or wouldn't go yeah. into the pool idea. It will go in with this one. So so and, and this uh, – and how many sort of prototypes did it take? And I gather this is sort of an idea that's been out there for a bit, but you guys have a different spin on it, correct, with the manufacturing? Right. So, yeah, it took us about uh, 15 prototypes to come up with the final product. And we've been hand testing everyone. And the most important thing for us is that the product is a solid solution that works for clubs who get it in their hands. Uh, we've had been fortunate enough to get a couple sets out to British Columbia where they are actually playing golf right now. And the feedback from golfers and from golf clubs has been nothing but positive. And we're seeing more and more courses open across the country, um, Alberta, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, uh, New Brunswick, PEI are all opening. Have you been getting some contacts from other parts of the country now that are anticipating opening very soon? Yeah, so Alberta just announced yet last yesterday evening that they're going to be opening on May 5th, and we're starting to pile in orders from Alberta. And we've got a presence from B.C. Uh, all the way to out east in PEI in Nova Scotia. Wow, that's an amazing story. And, and the other part of the story is that it's, it's kind of the Yosh boys. <laughs> their their business has been basically saved by this, correct? That's right. Um, there's, I mean, they were sitting around, same with me as a golf instructor. We both were out of work, and we've kind of found something to add to the solution of getting golfers on the golf course faster and keep everything safe. What's your uh, what's your anticipation in terms of of how many of these you're going to sell? Is the con is it sort of keep growing every day? The contest. Yeah. So yeah, our you know our list keeps growing uh, as the days go on, and we're about eight days in, and we sold over fifty clubs and about fifteen hundred units thus far. Wow, that's 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 a great story all around. I mean, I can't I don't know if I can think of anything else. What about when Ontario opens? And uh, I guess that'll be. Are you still getting some contact from Ontario courses, even though they're not open yet? Yeah, so we're getting lots of contact from Ontario courses. Uh, one big question that we're getting is if Ontario comes out with raised cups as a mandate for courses opening, where do we fit in? And we're just being considered as the phase two, somewhere between raised cups and our normal traditional golf experience. So we're the phase two, like I said. Well, James, it's a uh, it's a cool story. It's a great story, and uh, congratulations. Is there uh, any plans to add and add to the lineup of, of of units and thing? Have you guys got any more ideas cooking? <laughs> uh, we've had talks, but uh, nothing <laughs> nothing official yet. All right. Well, congratulations and uh, and stay safe. Thanks very much, Bob. Uh, you heard James refer to the Yoshi brothers, uh, his partners on Pin Caddy. Bob also spoke to Zach Yoshi, one of the creators of Pin Caddy. So you're a big golfer, right? That's that's kind of how you decided, or how you kind of came yes. up with the idea. Okay. Yes, uh, yes, I am. I'm actually a member at Deer Ridge, and that's uh, how James and I know each other so well. Okay. And did you did you guys? I mean, I've seen other sort of similar style of units of this around on the internet and things like that. But yours, I know, is stainless steel, doesn't rust and things. But did you get inspiration from seeing others, or did you come up with this idea yourself, or how did it kind of come about? We got, we got inspiration about a couple of weeks ago, purely from all of the chatter about golf courses being reopened and uh, how they will be reopened and possibly what some of the challenges they'll be facing 
okay. my brother and I had our fab shop closed, and uh, we we've been in the fabricating industry. I've been in the fabricating industry for over 20 years, and uh, I was confident that uh, we'd be able to come up with a solution that uh, was that was very durable and that also uh, was very functional in terms of getting back to playing traditional golf. Okay. So, and, and you had to go through some patent questions, I guess. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So uh, once um, my brother and I developed our prototype, tested it, approached James for a partnership due to uh, his contacts in the golf industry, after that, our next step was to contact a patent lawyer. Uh, we had him do an extensive search to ensure that uh, we were not uh, infringing on anything that was out there. And uh, we had a report done, and uh, we were very happy and pleased, which we were positive going into it, that uh, not only were we infringing on, we were not infringing on anything, that our design uh, really stands alone by itself in terms of what's out there. Okay. Um and are you are you surprised, happy, gracious? What, what's your feeling about the re- the reaction? Because it seems like they're just going like wildfire. Honestly, both for uh, my brother and I, it's uh, it's a dream come true. We've spent uh, our whole lives in the fabricating industry. My father actually owned a fabricating shop too. Wow. So um, we've spent our whole lives building other people's products, and uh, for us to finally be able to have something to call our own and also in an industry that we love so much and consider our hobby, it's, uh, it's literally a dream come true for us. Wow. And, and is it true that it kind of has, I don't, am I under, under or overestimating the fact that it saved your business at this point? Uh, not at all, 100%. Uh, we, earlier, in the mo- earlier in the month, my brother and I were uh, discussing uh, actually shutting down for shutting down and uh, looking for other avenues in terms of to create income stream. We've been closed for approximately three weeks. And, uh, yes, 100%, this has saved our business and our livelihood. It's, uh, it's like I say, it's just an absolute dream come true. Nice. And also for us, being a part of this team, my brother and I and James, all guys that uh, play golf as a hobby and you know yourself as a golfer, you just dream – one day you can uh, have something in that industry and be out there on the course, seeing it and using it. It's uh, like I say, we couldn't uh, we couldn't be happier. It's, I mean, this is something that uh, that could even sort of go on past the pandemic, right? I mean, this is something that oh, for sure. We're hoping that this is something that uh, once is out there. We I don't. We've also uh, done a lot of durability tests in terms. If you check on our Instagram. Uh, taking the flag stick out and actually throwing it. So hopefully when we do get back to a normal quote-unquote way of playing golf, that it can be left on the stick for people to use it as they please or if they'd like to take out the pin, it's it's not an issue. Right. Okay. Like I can see my dad's 88 plays golf. He doesn't like to bend over, you know, he... Oh, we've been getting yes, hundred yeah. percent. My father-in-law, that was his first thing. He didn't even think about this, uh, what's happening. And his his first reaction was this: I can't believe it. I'm never going to have to reach in that hole again. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay, listen. Thanks very much for your time and congratulations. It's a it's a wonderful story. Thank you, Bob, and thank you so much for your time. We can't uh, we can't thank you enough. 
What a great story out of Kitchener, Ontario, and good luck to uh, all parties involved with uh, Pin Caddy. And uh, I can see a future beyond COVID-19, as Bob suggested at the end of that interview. On the other side, Adam Hadwin. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by TaylorMade and the all-new Sim and Sim Max drivers. Shape in motion. We reshape the driver so you can reshape your game. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to order yours today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to GTC, a jam-packed Golf Talk Canada. That was a great piece that Bob did with uh, the inventors of Pin Caddy, and uh, our show continues with uh, more jam-packed uh, interviews. Bob, this is a bit of a different interview. You were kind of teasing this a little earlier in the week on the podcast. You and Rick Westhead had the opportunity to speak with uh, Adam Hadwin, and you you suggested this is this is a little different, a little, little, uh, not as traditional a golf interview as uh, what you or I would typically do when we get to, to jump in with a member of, of, of Team Canada on any of our tours. Uh, set this up for us. Yeah, so Rick Westhead has a new series that he's got going called uh, In Depth, and it's a little bit longer interviews with, with athletes, and, and some of them are well-known, like Adam, and some of them are a little less uh, known, did an interview, for instance, with a Canadian who's playing in the uh, Korean Baseball League which is resumed play with without any fans. Um, so you go beyond sort of the questions, as you said, the, the questions that you and I would typically ask, Mark, in a, in a golf interview. Uh, and it's it's an interview that I think Adam is, is very, is, you know, comes across very differently in, uh, very, very interesting. Uh, he said some things that made some headlines in this interview right across the golf world, but, uh, but I think people will enjoy it and, and get a different perspective on what an uh, introspective and what a smart guy Adam Hadwin is. Well, I've read a little bit about some of the comments, but I have uh, I have yet to hear this interview. So I'm looking forward to hearing uh, a part of this here. So let's uh, let's uh, not waste any more time and let's get to Adam Hadwin. I'm Rick Westhead, joined by Bob Weeks of TSN and Adam Hadwin, a PGA Tour player and a fellow Canadian. Adam, how are you feeling about the, the prospect of getting back to work when the tour resumes as planned in June? Uh, I'm feeling hopeful um it depends on a lot of things going right in the next six seven weeks it depends on you know people still doing their part and and trying to socially distance i guess is the the hot word right now um and see if we can you know flatten the curve eliminate uh as much of the virus as possible um but i but i'm hopeful now um it gives us a target date to kind of prepare for and hopefully we can get start then and, and get a pretty good chunk of our season in. We understand that there's more than a dozen uh, tour players who are outside of the United States right now, not to mention caddies. What challenges does that present uh, for the players getting into the U.S. from your understanding? But I guess also even for somebody like you who might be hoping to get back to Canada to visit family. Well, I mean, the biggest thing is just the border issues. Um, you know, you have, you have travel bans right now, um, you know, Flights coming in from Europe, 
You've got a border closure to non-essential between Canada and the U.S. There's a lot of unknowns. Um, and I'm sure that that went into them choosing sort of that early June start and not sooner. It'll be difficult. I, I do think that somehow, some way that if it looks like we're going to be able to play uh, come June 8th, that they'll find a way in, um, whether the border's closed or not. Um, now, is it appropriate? I don't know. I'll, I'll let others make that call. Um, and we'll have to cross that bridge when it comes. But we, you know, if you're going off the information you had today, you can't start. But hopefully come later May, we'll have a good idea whether or not that June 8th will be appropriate. The, uh, the first four tournaments, they've said, will start without any fans. Um, does that cause any difficulties for you? And, and is it going to be a little bit eerie playing a tour event? Let's say you make a hole in one. <laughs> first of all, you won't be able to high five, but, but that whole aspect of playing without fans, what do you think is that, that's going to be like? It'll be interesting to see if they institute some sort of like a fine if you do high five in that situation, because it's going to be, you know, it's going to be really hard. I mean, you think of every hole in one, you know, uh, that you've seen, everybody hugs and, you know, you hug your caddy and stuff. So that'd be kind of weird. But I think it'll be more different for the top players than it will be for, let's say, rookies. And I mean, to be honest, even myself, I mean, I've played late in the day on a on a front nine on Thursday afternoon or something and there's you know 10 people out there watching it's not as if we got huge crowds anyway so but it will be different um you know I I read something Brooks was joking you know we're gonna lose more golf balls now um because of it which is kind of kind of funny and 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 maybe true in some respects but um I know we're probably all itching to get back so we're gonna compete any way they allow us to I I would think let me ask you a question that will sound crazy, but I mean this seriously. Would you play with a mask on? Hmm. I, I don't know. Um, if that was, I mean, to get back competing, maybe I, I'd, I, I would, I would have to, I, it would have to be something that I would go try first. You know, when I got married, uh, before I played a tournament, I made sure that I could practice and play with a wedding ring on to see what it was going to be like. And so it would, you know, maybe a week of practice and you might be used to it and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Um, but if that's what we had to do to get back to play, I'm not against it by any means. Adam, one of the things I've read about the, the tour restarting is that uh, they, they've organized tens of thousands of test kits for COVID-19. What kind of blowback could there be if you consider some people might look at it and say professional athletes are, you know, and all the support staff are getting all these tests at the same time as the general public can't seem to find them in so many different U.S. states right now? That's a good question. Um, sitting here as one of those professional athletes that was supposed to be tested, um, given that we go play, it's a, you've put me in a bit of a pickle here to answer this question. Um, but if I'm going to answer it honestly, it's not fair. It sucks to say that. I think if you look at, you know, immediately how many of the NBA teams were tested when two players were tested, one of which showed no symptoms. So how quickly they were received tests when there weren't any tests available. I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe in a small smidge of an argument, I could say, well, us getting back to play or other sports getting back to play may give uh, people that haven't returned to a full normal life yet some sort of 
sense of normalcy. They've got something to watch. They've got something to look forward to. And in order for us to do it safely, the PGA Tour has determined that this is what we need to do. My hope is that, again, by the time this date rolls around, testing has become so widely available that everybody else that wanted one is getting one. And that way it takes some of the heat off the PGA Tour. What kind of communication have you been getting from the PGA Tour, Adam? What have they told you and about their plans and about their uh, prospects for, for this start and, and the rest of the season? Have you, have you been in touch with them? Uh, honestly, Bob, I wish that I could say that I was. Um, I'm kind of, I'm getting, I'm legitimately getting the information 15 minutes before the media is getting the, the information, which to be honest has been a little bit disappointing. As a player, I felt like we should have been kept in the loop a little bit more. There's been nothing more disappointing to me to scroll through Twitter, you know, the night before an announcement and know exactly what's going to be said. As far as plans go, once the restart happens, I have no clue what they're going to do. Um, I have a lot of questions myself. Um, what's it going to look like? And uh, I'm at this point, I've kind of just resigned to sitting back and waiting till I hear from them. Adam, what are some of those questions that if you could ask the PJ Tour, if you were sitting down with Jay Monahan right now, the commissioner, what would you ask him? Well, what's testing going to look like? Um, are we going to be required to test? Are we going to test every week? Are you going to, who's going to get tested? Everybody on site? There's a lot of questions surrounding testing. How are we going to keep a handle on, well, since all of us have to travel, um, and only what, let's say 30 players fly privately but all the rest of us that fly, what is our week going to look like? Are we still going to have access to all the same things that we normally would have access to? Are we going to have a locker room? Are we going to have dining? Are we going to have, um, you know, are, are our essential staff, our therapists, trainers, et cetera, allowed to be on site? Is the golf going to change? Are they going to stick with these rules of like, are, you know, maybe they have, um, somebody walking with us like they do at the British open, raking all the bunkers. So we're not touching breaks. There's a, there's an idea. I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, are we going to not be allowed to touch pins or flags or stuff? Cause I putt with the flag out. So if we're all of a sudden going to be forced to putt with it in to not touch a flag, I'm going to have issues with that. Um, and that might make me honestly rethink playing because it changes everything. Some people might be surprised that that would be the thing that pushes you over the edge to consider playing. Well, it's kind of, now that you've talked it out of me, it's kind of surprising me as well. But um, I kind of got going down that rabbit hole and thinking about it. And, um, you know, I've tried putting with the flagstick and I don't like it. As long as I'm able to still have the pin out when I play, whether they work around that so that, like I said, maybe there's one person wearing gloves walking with every group that pulls flags for us when we need to so that caddies or players or anything aren't touching it. But if you force us to play with the flag in, it changes everything. Um, it messes me up on the greens. And I can promise you that I'm thinking about it. Every time, it doesn't matter how well I'm hitting it. When I get on the greens, I'm going to be thinking about it, how um, I'm putting with the flag in and I haven't been able to adjust to it and I shouldn't have to adjust to it and all that. And, you know, maybe I'd, maybe I'd protest, maybe I wouldn't. I, I guess I shouldn't say for sure. Um, if that's the only possible way for us to start playing again, I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I play and, and I moan about it every day that I play and I just go do it. But, um, you know, hopefully it doesn't come to that. 
Wow, there's some uh, pretty interesting stuff there, Bob. Uh, I got to tell you, the flag stick thing is catching me off guard because, you know, I know some players like it, some players don't. I putt still with the flag stick out, but I don't think it would prevent me, certainly, from continuing my livelihood. And also the thing I, I absolutely love in that interview, Bob, to be bluntly honest with you, nothing would make me happier than see uh, the PGA Tour uh, players out there in Lucha Libre wrestling masks to continue uh, the PGA Tour season. That that would be unbelievable. I see uh, Adam in a red and white mask with a big maple leaf over the right eye is the way I'm kind of going with this. There you go. Well, you know, I think the comment about not playing got a lot of headlines, uh, not playing with the pin in, not got a lot of headlines. And really, if you if you listen to that interview in its entirety, he's kind of walking through, I think, mentally what was going through. He, was, he didn't really have a, a firm grasp yet on exactly what was going on, because later on he says, you know, I'll probably play and I'll moan and, and groan about it. But I, it just goes to show you, I think, more than anything, how different golf may look when things do restart and how that will affect some players mentally or... Uh, in, in different ways of, of how they approach the game. So, you know, I, I think poor Adam kind of got slaughtered in, in some of the American media about it from people I don't think who listened to the entire interview. But there's other parts in that interview to me that, that just go to show you how smart a guy is, how much he's thought about certain parts of issues and certain things. Um, and there's it, it does go to show you that there's no easy answers. You know, the part about being tested as an athlete ahead of people who uh, are out in the general public, that's, that's just a hard thing to, to deal with as an athlete and uh, uh, there's no real good answer there that's going to make you look good as Adam said. No, no, certainly not. That's a tough one, and, and it's a it's a touchy situation. But I think he handled it well. And who knows what the world will look like between now and come mid to the end of June, and to the available uh, tests being available on a, on a more widespread basis, etc. So we'll wait and see approach on that one. On the other side, twenty weeks of Taylor made news for you, podcast news for you, Woodington Lake news for you, and we'll tee up hour two, which will include Jeff O'Neill, the O Dog, and his. 200 challenge to Brian Hayes that we jumped on last Saturday. Still lots to come here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit WeatherTech.ca. Welcome back to GTC. As we start to wind down hour one, the front side, as Adam Scully would refer it to. Bob, I have not touched the golf club in seven and a half weeks. I do have a net in my backyard, and I think today, uh, seeing as we're, we're, we might get to 18 Celsius and sunshine, I'm seeing potentially for the city of Toronto today, I'm thinking that today might be the day especially with the news this week that we're going to be ready to open shortly. Maybe I should make a few swings today and start to get those golf muscles warmed up to, uh, again. March 10th, I had the pleasure of playing Lake Nona Golf Club with my good friend Robert Arms, who uh, usually spends his winters down there. I say usually because he came uh, back home uh, like most snowbirds did when the COVID-19 um, uh, announcement started to break and the border was closing etc etc so march 10th the last time i touched a golf club today might be the day i make a few swings do you recall the last time you touched the golf club 
Um, we did a shoot for our Just for Men commercials in uh, Punta Cana, and that was, I think, the first week of March, and I hit a couple of shots. I won't say I played any kind of... I think I played two holes as we were finishing up one day and we were coming back to the clubhouse, but it was it was early March, so it's been a while. I'm not sure I remember how to how to grip the club yet. <laughs> I have to figure that. <laughs> I have to see if I got any any kind of muscle memory left at all. I'm I'm not like you. I don't have this natural flow of uh, oh, of swing that you can just dial in, you know. So <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to work at it. <laughs> no, the reason why my swing uh stays with me more these days than it used to without playing bob is because i can't take it far enough back anymore <laughs> to get it in trouble when i was young man i used to get that thing back there those shoulders were turning and i tell you a lot can go wrong when you make that big a swing now that i only get it back about two and a half feet and bunt it down the fairway it's a lot easier to keep it going you know when you don't play anymore you're, so, you're sort uh, of the you're sort of the antithesis of the brooke henderson swing is what you're saying oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, uh, well, we got great uh, contests going on uh, these days with GTC. I got to make uh, an official announcement here. I spoke to our friends at Woodington Lake yesterday. They are extending their contest for one more week. So if if you haven't chimed in on social media, you need to go to Instagram and follow Woodington Lake Golf Club. Follow Woodington Lake Golf Club on Instagram Tag two friends like Woodington Lake and give them your name suggestion for the legacy golf course at Woodington Lake. So far, we've got a bunch of entries, but nothing's sticking yet, Bob. So there's mm. still an opportunity for that for you to for you being our listener and the golf community in Ontario to rename the legacy golf course at Woodington Lake. They are changing it up there. They're going to make it a really fun environment. Uh, two hole locations in every green, uh, two nine hole golf courses. You can play nine, you can play 18, 27, 36. And it's really, I try to explain this, and the best way I could explain it is uh, when all this is behind us, being COVID 19, bringing that top golf kind of uh, environment to a green grass uh, location. It's just going to be a lot of fun and a fun way to, to spend time on a golf course and introduce new people to the golf course. Of course, the, of course, the Legends course, the home of the Ontario Open, is is staying. But they're asking, really, to help them change up golf. That's the hashtag, change up golf. If you give the name and they like it and they pick it, you're going to win a membership for the entire year, VIP membership on the golf course you named at Woodington Lake. So jump in I, on I, social media. Go ahead. I'm, very, I'm just going to say I'm very disappointed that my submission of the Z-Man Meadows hasn't caught on yet. I thought that would be a good one. <laughs> I thought that would people the would just jump right Meadows, on that. That's Z-Man Meadows. The water features are filled with red wine instead. That's the, <laughs> that's the difference with Z-Man Meadows. So jump in on social media with them and let's have some fun and let's rename that legacy golf course. 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Bob, it starts next week. We're giving away a sim driver. Week wow. one. We're going to run 20 weeks right to the U.S. Open. Of course, we're, we have announcements of uh, Golf Talk Canada returning to television for the major championship season beginning in August with TSN TV as well. And we're going to continue 20 weeks of TaylorMade as we hit uh, TV and then uh, peak at the U.S. Open. Of course, the final prize is a full set, a custom set of TaylorMade golf clubs top to bottom. The only way you can win 
Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. Follow us at Golf Talk Canada, Twitter and Instagram. Each week we have a lucky draw winner. We're giving away close to 20 grand in prizes across 20 weeks. If you already follow us, you're already included. Of course, the Golf Talk Canada podcast drops every Wednesday uh, around lunchtime. We're having a lot of fun and a lot of great feedback with the Golf Talk Canada podcast. You can find it on tsn.ca. And you can find the archives on our YouTube channel, Golf Talk Canada YouTube channel, the archives of the podcast. So jump in there. Hour two, Bob and Elena Sharp, continuing Bob's contact with our great pros around the world to find out what they're doing during this COVID-19 pandemic, how they've been staying sharp. Are they playing golf? Are they getting ready? Just some thoughts on the upcoming season. Bob and Elena Sharp coming up in hour two. Scully time in hour two where were we a year ago in the world of golf taking a look back at the year that was 2019 where should we be right now who should be defending what were the canadian angles a year ago today and jeff o'neill the o-dog from overdrive trying to justify his claim that brian hayes would not break 200 from the tips at the national that's all coming up in hour two thank you so much for listening remember first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club, proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. Ah, welcome to the back nine, GTC, Weeks, Zucchino. Another busy show. It's May, we can't play golf, there's no tours going on, yet the show's jam-packed. Unbelievable. Must uh, partly be due to this man, our next guest, who's really not a guest because he's the master producer of all things GTC. Welcoming in Adam Scully. Scully, what's happening with a little Scully time on a Saturday morning in the T-Dot? Gentlemen, it's good to be here. And I mean, we talked about when, once this started, how are we going to fill all, all our time? And every show just seems busier and busier, doesn't it? Yeah, we could do like uh, six hours of GTC uh, every Saturday, <laughs> even in this uh, area. You know, I got so many opinions I'm not even getting to this morning as Bob wipes his forehead uh, as, <laughs> as I say that and says, thank God, uh, in his home studio in Etobicoke. Uh, Scully, before, you know, we love this, uh, what we did a year ago and whatnot, and I want to find out where we were a year ago because, you know, it, it, when you always do these segments with us, it reminds me of like last week you were, you, were, you know, reminded me that I was in Zurich in New Orleans. Orleans yep. uh, for the first time ever last year. But before we get to that, a lot of interesting stuff in, in hour one this this week. Uh, I know you love that pin caddy uh, story, mm-hmm. but I wanted to ask you your opinion on the Adam Hadwin uh, piece that Bob did with, with Rick because a few things caught me off guard there. His initial reaction to having to maybe play with the flag stick in, I found very interesting. What, what jumped out for you in that Hadwin interview? Yeah, that was one thing for sure. That was It was almost startling to hear that. Um, but I mean, he, he was bluntly honest and that's something that we love to see from our athletes. And it's, it's nice to see someone being, uh, that honest about that. He was honest as well about how the PGA tour hasn't really communicated with them, which isn't the best thing to hear. Uh, but it's, it's awesome to see a guy being that honest and that blunt about 
about how he's preparing uh, for the PGA Tour. Bob, I thought your question about wearing a mask was very interesting because, as we know, that would be very strange. Hadwin always has the big beard, so he'd just be a little warmer, I guess, with the mask on. But that was, that was truly a very interesting interview. Yeah, and I, I thought uh, I, I thought one of the things that we didn't really talk about in that interview but has come up um, with Adam offline was what's the interaction going to be like with your caddy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that's going to work. And I mean, Adam, do you do you think that, that the PGA Tour players are expecting things to be unusual or are they expecting it to be the same? You know, some, some people like to think of them or criticize them for being sort of uh, getting all the, the comforts of, of every part of, of life, especially on the golf course. But do you think they're prepared for the differences that might happen? I, I think they're working towards being prepared. It was crazy thinking when Hadwin was talking about, you know, is his trainer allowed going to be allowed to be out there? You know, his physio, that sort of thing. Are they going to have a locker room? It's sort of things that even thinking back to, you know, like Jordan Spieth's pre-shop uh, routine, basically on every tee shot, he's going to Michael Greller, his caddy, and asking for the towel and wiping his hand. Like, is that going to be able to happen? Uh, there's so many question marks, and it's so intriguing that hopefully, knock on wood, we can play golf starting at the Charles Schwab Challenge June 11, uh, it's going to be very different to see. And I, I think the players are trying to prepare the best they can. Another thing that was interesting from that interview is Hadwin saying that only 30 players travel privately. What happens to everyone else? Because these guys are traveling week to week commercially or however they do it. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how this all transpires in the next uh, month to five weeks or so. You know, uh, the PGA Tour is very much players first, uh, mo you know, most of the time in, in, in any decision they kind of make. Uh, and I'm curious as to, you know, possibility of them having a lack of communication from Adam's yeah. standpoint with their players. It might just be that they don't know, that, that they're like everybody else. I think there's so much changing and so much information that everybody's waiting on and everybody's trying to adapt that I think most people are saying, you know, to Doug Ford's uh, position, get ready to open. I still can't give you a date because I don't have one. So maybe, you know, maybe the tour's position is we'd rather, you know, not give false communication uh -huh. than or communication for the sake of communication, you know. And I also find something interesting there, too. Adam's got a lot of questions about what the tour returns and there's something i think everybody needs to be aware of here and i hope takes very seriously and this is coming from somebody who kind of might lean on the more aggressive side of these things like in the terms that my tolerance for risk is maybe a lot higher than a lot of other people's tolerance for risk uh generally speaking in life to begin with mm -hmm. that doesn't mean i do things that are irresponsibly but 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 i mean my tolerance for going for a par five and two if i got a one in ten chance i'll probably take a shot oh, at it because yeah. i play the game play the game for fun right no so, laying up baby uh, yeah no laying up baby so you know that's you know my side of the fence that being said it it is a natural human reaction guys to when we come back on the other side to think well this isn't going to happen to me and once you're back out there you start going back to your old habits again and your guard comes down and life starts to feel a little bit normal it could happen this weekend in the city of toronto with the mm -hmm. warm weather i hope people are don't do that they keep their guard up and this includes a pre professional golf adam that you can't be high five in your caddy you can't be going back to the towel 90 times uh, 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 uh around and uh one of the cat, one of the night, the silver linings in all this, guys. We might get faster play on the PGA Tour because they can't go back to these old habits. Well, well, you're right about that, and you know, one 
good thing that come out of, that could come out of this is that the caddy player high five celebration interaction is probably one of the most awkward things you ever see on television. <laughs> so that's not going to happen anymore. That's good, right? <laughs> I love that. And and the back pad on the LPGA tour. You ever notice when they finish a round oh, yeah. of the LPGA tour, there's this like little hug, and then there's tap 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 on the back. Everyone does yeah. it. I it's just like, it's this half handshake, <laughs> half hug sort of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly <laughs> right, exactly right. All it's, right, uh, Scully, where were we? Where were we? Uh, Twelve months ago today in the world of golf, what were what were Bob and I talking about? Yeah, so kicking off the first weekend of May, the LPGA Mediheal Championship, Se-Young Kim with the victory, a three-way playoff winning over Bronte Law and Jung-Hoon Lee six. We all know what happened with Lee six later in the season, winning the U.S. Women's Open. Lexi Thompson finished two shots out of the playoff. Your top Canadian, Elena Sharp, who we're about to hear in our, in our next segment, she finished T27, and a rare week for Brooke Henderson, 72-76, missing the cut. One of only two missed cuts in 2019. Very rare for Brooke. European Tour Volvo China Open. Miko Kornin wins over Benjamin Ebert in a playoff. Hao Tong Lee finished fourth. Top Canadian here. Richard T. Lee finished T49. This would have been a big year for him as he had qualified for the upcoming Open Championship, which has now been cancelled. He had qualified for that after a T5 at the Singapore Open back in January. On the PGA Tour, this is one of the great stories all season on the PGA Tour in 2019 at the Wells Fargo Championship. Max Homa picking up his first career PGA Tour win. A three-shot victory over Joel Damon, Justin Rose, Sergio Garcia, Ricky Fowler, are among those in the hunt. Rory McIlroy, two over on Sunday, but still finished T8. Top Canadian, Adam Hadwin at T38, while Nick Taylor finished T54. So, Adam, if I, I put this question to you. You do this great look back every, uh, every uh, week for us now, and it kind of stirs the memories. But aside from the majors and the RBC Canadian Open, mm-hmm. what tournament have you missed the most so far? Oh geez. I'm sort of put you on the spot. No. Um it's a good question. The the Wells Fargo championship is one. I mean, that just that that's top of mind right now because it's at it's at a golf course that can, depending on the conditions, it can really alter the way it's played. The players championship, you know, we only got one round in there. Um looking back, it's it's been replayed a couple times from last year when it got switched back to March, how different the golf course played from March to May. That was one that really stuck out to me and how much cooler it is in Florida in May and how just how different the course plays because it's softer, it's breezier. And you saw guys in sweaters and, and, and uh, different layers. Uh, but the last time, you know, we, we saw it in May, guys, where it's, it's 100 degrees and the, and the ball's going forever and rolling forever. I, I'd say the Players' Championship and, and, um, and the Wells Fargo uh, for sure. But th- there are a couple events here uh, coming up, and it's, uh, it's going to be weird. Obviously, the PGA Championship is supposed to be in a couple weeks. Uh, going to be missing that one for sure. But, you know, as I said, let's hope that we can be playing that uh, in, in, in early August. You know, Quail Hollow, guys, is one of my favorite golf courses on the PGA Tour. And um, I had never been there before until a couple of years ago when I um, I actually called Jason Day. If you recall Jason right. Day's win at the Wells Fargo yep. a couple of years ago, I had Jason Day for uh, basically the entire tournament. And uh, 
I was just blown away with that property. It is just a stunning property. And when you get there, uh, just the way the terrain flows on that property and the, and, and the way it kind of goes up and down that you don't really get that perspective on TV, it reminded me a lot of Augusta, which is about two hours down the road from, uh, mm-hmm. from Charlotte to Augusta, Georgia. It reminded me a lot of that. And uh, I didn't get that perspective until I got there, but that is just a, a fantastic golf course. Okay, Skulls, uh, uh, the workout videos have been a hit. Scully Scoop, I, I, I checked out your last edition. You, you've got Stanley Cup winners now as guests on, on Scully Scoop. <laughs> uh, lots going on in Scully World. I got to ask you, you heard Bob has not really touched the club much he, since his Just for Men ad. Me, seven and a half weeks. Uh, what are you doing? Because now we're close. You know it's coming. I'm sure Bayview is tickety-boo, oh, ready yeah. to go in terms of conditions. You've actually seen some pictures online. He actually sent me a couple weeks ago. It looked ready to go, Bayview. So what are we doing? Are we going to make some swings today, 17, 18 degrees yeah. and sunny? Are you going to get outside and make some swings? I think so, and hopefully not have to have spinal fusion surgery after, just working on the club at speed a little bit. But I did say, so last Saturday, I made a bit of an impulse purchase to, for golf on Instagram. Uh, do you guys know the game Cornhole, where you play outside and, and you throw a beanbag across? Sure. And do it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So on Instagram, there's a golf version of this where you basically you're chipping into these these little nets so i made a very impulse purchase last saturday for just under 40 dollars canadian and it's supposed to arrive at some point in the next three to five business days so hopefully i get that sometime soon and knowing me it'll come and the golf courses will already be open alas i'll still be able to work on my short game but yes i'll probably take a few swings at some point outside today for sure all right, Skulls. Well, you get set. You loosen up. You keep her going on the Scully Scoop. And thanks again for all the work on the video podcast, which we will drop again this Wednesday. So we'll talk to you later this week. On the other side, we'll continue touching base with some of our uh, great members of Team Canada around the globe. This time, Elena Sharp sits down with Bob Weeks. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com, was brought to you by Woodington Lake Golf Club. Proud home of the Mackenzie Tour PGA Tour Canada's Ontario Open. For membership information or to book tee times and special events, visit WoodingtonLake.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Welcome back to a jam-packed GTC. Well, all the tours getting ready to announce their new schedules, dates starting, and the LPGA Tour is no different. It will restart July 18th at the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational in Michigan. And uh, PG, uh, excuse me, LPGA Tour veteran Elena Sharp getting set to restart her new schedule. She had the opportunity to sit down with Bob Weeks. And here's Elena Sharp uh, from her home in Arizona, where the temperature is exactly what? Uh, I think it's supposed to be like record-breaking heat today, around 105 Fahrenheit. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good day to stay inside than anyway, pandemic or not, I guess, in, in those situations. But um, what's, what's life been like for you the last few weeks and uh, 
down and down where you are? Well, I mean, the golf course is open. Um, a couple weeks ago, I was just not enjoying being out there, um, not knowing when we're going to start, um, not having a lot of motivation. So I took a, a good week off and stayed at home and relaxed, journaled, meditated, um, went in the pool a couple times and kind of recharged the batteries. And I've trying to go out like for four days in a row and then take a day off now, which is not what I normally do. But I mean, it's a long waiting game until the first event and then we'll be playing for, I don't know, five months straight. So it's a matter of being patient now and getting the rest to get ready for a really big schedule towards the end of the year. Uh, that schedule re-released yesterday by Commissioner Mike Wan, who has uh, really been a great leader on so many fronts, but especially during this this pandemic. You're going to start back in uh, July, uh, July 15th, ironically at a team event in this time of social distancing. Um, when you look at the schedule now, there's basically, as you said, there's two weeks off between when you restart, if you restart on that time, and uh, basically Christmas what kind of a grind will that be mentally? Or is it something that after this break, you really don't mind? I mean, honestly, if I had my way, I would have the events scheduled more with more breaks. But obviously, we're trying to get in as many events as we can to give everybody the playing opportunities. Um, Sarah and I have looked at the schedule briefly. Um, we're not going to play more than five in a row. We're going to have to figure out where we're taking our time off. Um, are we going to go to Europe? Do we think it's safe enough? I don't, I don't really know. I'm not really um, feeling going to Europe this year, but it's hard to not go to play in two majors. So it's, it's so far away, but um, hopefully things will get better. Um, yeah, so my plan is to play five, take a week off, play five, take a week off, all the way until Asia. And then the last four at the end of the year, hopefully get into the U.S. Open and play CME and then figure out what, we, what we're going to do in 2021. Probably not play until Australia, I would assume. So, uh, when, you, when you think about playing right now, do you think about the possibilities of what that might look like? Um, no fans or possibly all those uh, precautions like leaving the flag in. Do you think about what it might look like? Um, I think we will play with no fans at the beginning just because I don't see this getting like super better right away. Um, unfortunately, um, I think that we'll play, you know, with hand sanitizer around so you can have the flag out. Cause I don't know if that they can make you putt with the flag in if you don't want it in. I know we'll have all those things probably on the, on the first on, on each tee. And then, it's going to look bare bones to begin with, like minimum number of people probably around. Um, and then hopefully as things get better, we can institute things back and be more of like a normal golf tournament. But yeah, it's going to be very strange. Um, I think someone said last week, I'm not sure one of my friends said, you know, we'll learn to really appreciate what tour life's all about. Um, <laughs> having not, being out there and like all the things that we get and we haven't had them. So, you know, we'll see. Um, the LPGA tour is not the rich tour. Like the PGA tour is in terms of what you're able to make top players make a good living. I think last year, 14 players earned over a million dollars. But when you go down to like a hundredth on the money list and places like that, it's tough financial stretch. How has it been? Do you feel for not necessarily you yourself, but for the players 
who are out there who have not had a chance to earn any money for the last six, seven weeks now? I think it's probably starting to affect people now. Um, maybe the first month, not so much. We are saving money by not having expenses because I, I, I gather from all my years, it's about you know $3,000 a week to play. Um, but I do feel like the younger players and the rookies, for sure, are probably feeling it right now. Um, that being said, at least we have a lot of events, so people will get the starts that they need to get, and the purses are higher. Um, so it's kind of nice that we're playing for a little bit more money on some of those events that were not as um, strong purse-wise. So hopefully we can make up some of that you know, lost income um, for, the, for the rest of 2020. <laughs> I noticed, I noticed that uh, the commissioner said yesterday it's not only affecting the players, but it's affecting the LPGA Tour. He said it's a, a staggering financial impact, and the savings that they had, um, they've made over the last 10 years, could be gone within uh, 10, 10 months. What do you think a, that kind of an impact will have on the actual operation of the tour? I think um, as long as we don't lose a lot of sponsors next year because of this financial crisis that's going to continue on for the rest of this year, I think we'll be okay. Um, if we start to lose sponsors like we did back in 2010, then we could be in trouble. But uh, I'm very confident in the LPGA's board, and they're doing the best that they can do, um, exploring all options financially. So I think I think it's it's going to be okay uh, as long as we have you know backing from our sponsors, which I feel like it looks pretty good. A lot of our sponsors have, are are doing okay. I think um, we have a lot of grocery shop gro grocery store sponsors, which <laughs> that's honestly, good with that. they're doing very well. I think um, because really that's what we're all doing: going to the grocery store. It's like you just sit in your house and you eat. You know, <laughs> that's all you do right now. It's, it's also interesting to note that a lot of the tournaments that have been canceled, the sponsors there have given money to some of the other tournaments to boost those purses. So even though they're not hosting a tournament, they're actually helping out still financially. Yeah, I think, um, again, Mike Wan's done a great job in creating all these amazing um, partnerships with our sponsors and just goes to show you his leadership is going a long way and the sponsors just want to help the players out. Uh, Elena, stay uh, stay cool, first of all, in that heat <laughs> down there in Arizona, and stay well, and we'll check in with you uh, down the road a bit. Thanks, Bob. Bob, who would have thought that the LPGA Tour would be positioned well by trading in car companies for grocery store sponsors? That jumped out at me immediately. And also what I found just amazing was right off the top of that interview, the plan is to play five in a row week off, five in a row again, then four in a row. I mean, this is going to be a sprint. You better be in good shape, and you better be ready to go when they start playing in July. Hey, you know, that's that's just like a regular year for Brooke Henderson, right? I mean, she just never misses yeah. tournaments. So it's a, but you're right. It's going to be a push. It's going to be a grind. I mean, uh, but but what alternative do you have? And, and as I said in that interview and asked her, you know, there's a lot of players on that tour that don't make a lot of cash. So uh, it's it's going to be a financial push, and and I'm very happy to see that Mike Wan has boosted all the purses there, um, despite the fact what he called for the it's it's a staggering financial impact for the tour itself as a business. You bring up a, a, an interesting point there, Bob, about you know a regular year for Brooke. Uh, all joking aside, Brooke's very young, in great shape, 
and is conditioned already to play a lot of golf and a heavy schedule. That's what she does. If you're a player that, you know, doesn't have as active a schedule as a Brooke Henderson, or maybe is a little older in age, or maybe isn't in the physical condition of a Brooke Henderson or someone along those lines, I mean, there is certainly an advantage to being young and active right now and used to a heavy schedule because you're going to have to get used to that right away. Without a doubt, without a doubt, this is going to be jump, jump in, uh, hit the ground running and, and be prepared for a marathon. Because as I say, there's two. There's only two, two two weeks. And then one is the Masters, and one is U.S. Thanksgiving. Between when they plan to start in July and Christmas, uh, that that they won't have a tournament. So, I mean, it's great that they have all those tournaments. It's great that all those sponsors and everybody are lined up. Um, but but it's going to be interesting to see if fatigue becomes a factor in that tour. All right, Bob. On the other side, I'm looking forward to this one because last week you and I had Brian Hayes on, and I guess this stems back from last year when you you brought up that you were talking about you know what a regular golfer would be able to shoot at Bethpage when you were on Overdrive with Hayes the O Dog and Noodles, and then come full circle uh, a week or so ago, O Dog goes out on Overdrive and suggests that Hayes could not break 200 from the tips at the national so we had brian on last week to give his side of the story to give his defense to the argument and we suggested that maybe the four of us should have a little match and set this up for this summer at some point at the national so of course now we had to reach out to your fellow member of weston uh, jeff o'neill who's a great player great golfer and get his side of the story so bob on the other side we're gonna we're gonna hear from jeff i'm gonna ask you before we go to break do you think jeff maybe has uh, backed off the argument or you think he'll he'll uh, go all in on this 200 backed off jeff o'neill <laughs> i'm just laughing at that nope <laughs> this is going to be the best this is going to be the best interview we've had in a long time <laughs> okay on the other side the o-dog bob and i both expecting jeff to double down on his 200 bet the 200 challenge with brian hayes this is golf talk canada this segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Tourism Ireland. World-class courses, spectacular locations. Whatever you're looking for in a golf holiday, Ireland has something for you. Visit GolfAwayTours.com to book your Irish golf adventure. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks. And welcome back to GTC as a ba- just a busy show. And we're trying to wake up the O-Doc. That, that's basically what's going on here right now. We are trying to track down Jeff O'Neill for his defense of his position on the 200 challenge that he posed about 10 days ago, Bob, to Brian Hayes. And uh, we are not getting a pickup now from the O-Doc, which means only one thing. He's probably still sleeping because my guess, Bob, He's not out cutting his lawn either. What do you think? <laughs> no, I don't think so. He has a fun life, and uh, he's a good man. Uh, he's a good golfer. I will, I will say that. I've played with him at uh, at Weston Golf Club, 
and he um, he's a very low single digit handicapper. He'd be he'd be amongst the best players at our club. He plays pretty regularly. He goes out basically first off the tee most mornings uh, when he's playing, and he'll play with another fellow there. They usually play in a twosome, and uh, and they just zip around in two and a half hours and stuff and and they just he just loves that time of day and loves to get out there so when when there's golfing on he wakes up early but when there's golf talk maybe not so much maybe that's it we'll give him a a a couple more minutes here to see if we can connect with him and if not we'll move on and maybe try it again next saturday and we'll make him beg us for forgiveness because that's that's what i you know i you know i I did i'd actually enjoy that more i'm actually at this point hoping uh that the o-dog doesn't pick up so that i can just rag on him next saturday because i think that might be (laughs) even better radio but do you think so you think he'll stick in on the 200 bob you don't think he's going to back off this 200 number and say you know i was i really meant the hundred you think he's honestly going to dig in on 200 oh yeah he's honestly on i mean every time he sees me he's he's talking about the uh last year at at the pga the the 147 or whatever it was 143 i can't remember the number that we threw out there so he's he's all in on that now i don't even know i mean we've both played with with brian he's a pretty decent golfer i would say he's you know like around a 10 12 handicap although he doesn't play very much because he's got a young family uh, and O-Dog is a very good player, but and I don't know if, you know, I, I think taking on the national from, from the back tees is something that's very rarely done by anybody out there, but um, but I don't know, O-Dog might, might have bitten off a little more than he could chew. I don't know, I'm going to stick on his side. Don't forget, he's my, he's my partner in this, in this matchup. Well, that's weird, too. You know, assuming the O-Dog accepts the challenge, it's weird that Bob and I actually have to split up as partners. And we're not doing this uh, by uh, by choice or design. We have to do it in order to set up this match. Because Bob and I are, I believe, every time I say the record, it gets bigger, Bob. I'm turning into a fisherman. The fish keeps getting bigger. We're actually 1,101 are now our career record. Uh, we've only <laughs> lost once uh, a year and a half ago at Aviera. And we avenged that loss. That's our only uh, blemish on our record but uh, you know this might be a good opportunity uh, i want to just give a shout out to our friend rob roxborough who was the uh, general manager at the national golf club for the the past few seasons and has landed now as the new general manager of uh, devil's pulpit and devil's paintbrush up in caledon and if there's a it, I, you know, there's so many great golf courses, and you know we talk about lists, and you know we've had our PGA list, and of course, Score Magazine has their list, and other public uh, other publications have lists, and lists are great things for. Uh, I love lists for debates and conversation, and there's no right and there's no wrong, but I I've always said this that I think a day at the pulpit paintbrush. In late June, you know, where the it, late June, early July, when we have those very long, you know, days of summer where you've got all that daylight, some of the most fun you can have anywhere on Canadian soil playing golf is the opportunity to play 36 up at the pulpit paintbrush in one day. It might be the most fun you can have playing golf in the province of Ontario. So congratulations to Roxy on his new position up there at the paintbrush and pulpit. And, uh, Bob, I love it up there. And, I love golf courses. You know, there's a lot of golf courses in the province that have uh, two options in terms of 36 holes. Our friends at Woodington Lake are, are shaking up theirs, and I love their ideas up at Woodington Lake to shake up their 36. But I think the pulpit and the paintbrush is a perfect example of, the, you know, offering your membership 36 holes, a ton of fun, and the fact that they're so different. To have that, you know, that kind of, 
uh, nod to Lynx Golf, nod to Scottish Lynx uh, Highland Golf on the on the paintbrush. Uh, and then, of course, the complete opposite over at the pulpit. And I just love both golf courses. I really enjoy both of them. It's. Uh, I remember when they were built, and uh, the first one was built for sure in Devil's Pulpit, and everybody was kind of overwhelmed by the wow factor. And the first hole, I remember, cost a million dollars to build, and there was some some irrigation parts that, that ramped up that cost. It wasn't just the actual hole. But I remember people looking at that golf course and just being overwhelmed by how... Um, how much it just sort of wowed you from from the tee decks and and some of the greens and then they built the second golf course at the paintbrush and again it was the sort of the same deal um in a different in a different way as you've explained you know it's sort of a highlands link style kind of golf course and the combination of the two of them couldn't be more uh, couldn't be more different than in in terms of what you're going to get and how you're going to play the golf courses but they are both very special. I haven't. I must admit, I haven't played either of the golf courses up there for uh, quite a while, and and I think the experience, like you said, to play both back to back is good. They've got new ownership at the golf course. They're looking to try and reinvent themselves. I will say that the memberships there over the last few years have gone down considerably in value, um, but I don't think the golf courses have have lessened any. And so, you know, I think with Roxy at the helm, uh, with some new ownership, some new vision out there, it could be a really interesting to see what happens to that facility over the next little while. Bob, curious because you have so much experience golfing in Western Canada, which I do not. Uh, you know, we, we obviously our friends at Woodington Lake are, are, are doing a lot with their 36 hole facility. You, you know how much love I have for pulpit paintbrush. Uh, East Coast, that's an easy one. Cabot is, is a no brainer. Uh, it, you know, it, it's the best golf experience probably in the country. Uh, Western Canada. What's your favorite thirty-six hole experience in Western Ca- Canada? Is it is it Bear Mountain? Is is there is there something I'm missing? If you had to uh, isolate what the West Coast version of Cabot would be, and I don't mean that in terms of Lynx Golf or this or that, but just your favorite thirty-six hole experience in Western Canada, does something pop into mind? Well, Bear Mountain certainly is one of those that would pop in. It's a it's a really cool facility and uh, and a great place if you wanted a nice sort of uh, you know beautiful hotel there. It's almost it's almost like a um, a Blue Mountain Whistler kind of village concept, a little smaller uh, in 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 size and stature. But there's cool little places to go for dinner. There's two really good golf courses, very different. I mean, the elevation changes on on the mountainside are, are, as the name suggests, pretty, pretty immense. And the Valley course to me is actually a better golf course, but, um, but you know, in not necessarily a one 36 hole facility, but in a close confines, the four golf courses in Whistler are spectacular. Uh, you can play, you know, um, all kinds of different golf. There's mountain course. There's a little bit flatter golf. There's great mountain vistas, no matter where you're playing, but Nicholas North Whistler golf club, shadow Whistler and big sky, to me, um, if you're going to go for a holiday in Western Canada, that's a pretty cool spot, as is the stretch between um, between Banff, Kananaskis, and Jasper up there, and, and uh, some of the other ones that are up in that stretch there. The Rocky Mountain Golf Tour is pretty spectacular as well. So there's no shortage out there. I don't know how many places have, the other than Bear Mountain, have an actual 36-hole complex on the same property. That might be the only one that comes to mind. I'm sure I'm missing some, but and I'll probably hear from it on Twitter shortly. But uh, there's some good, good, <laughs> great golf, great golf out in Whistler. People are angry, angry on Twitter lately, Mark. I don't know what the deal is, but well, man. I try to keep a low profile on Twitter. I, I like yeah. Instagram. Instagram's be, throw up some pretty photos, and you know, you know, that's <laughs> yeah, good. So that's right. Uh, you know. 
but uh, but Twitter, you got a, you got a, a few uh, a few angry people out there always uh, always hunting. Okay, Bob, um, we're going to bail on the O Dog. So here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to set up O Dog for next Saturday. And Scully, what I want you to do is I want you to send this piece of audio that we're setting up right now to the team at Overdrive. Okay, so. The O-Dog can't make a 9.30 phone call on the Saturday. So I want to know what he was doing on a Friday night that 9.30 turned into 6.30 a.m. in O-Dog's world. Okay, that's one. And here comes the second piece of audio for the O-Dog. And I hope the boys at Overdrive get this and play this this week. Because Brian and I were already going to take down Weeksy and the O-Dog. And, and I hate saying that because Bob's my partner. And Bob is as good as it gets when it comes to playing to your number. And he has carried me around many golf courses and won many matches for Bob and I. But you don't poke an Italian. We're, we, we are naturally angry, passionate people. Okay. So now, Hayes, I hope you're hearing this, Bri. Bri, now you and I, we can't just beat the O-Dog. We got to pound on the O-Dog. And I expect Hayes to not only break 200, I expect him to break 100, and I expect Hayes to break 90 from the tips at the national when this match goes down. So O Dog, official challenge coming your way. You got to get back on Golf Talk Canada next Saturday, and I'm going to give you a chance to defend yourself. Uh Bob, I'm poking the O Dog. Can you do you see this? I'm I'm just kind of shoving him back. What do you think? I, I think that's a dangerous move. A dangerous move <laughs> to poke the O Dog. And I don't know. That may just light the fire and increase the challenge uh that we are going to throw in your faces oh. as the as the as with Hayes and uh, Hayes and Z-Man taking on Weeks and O-Dog. That's right. And, of course, Brian, uh, when this match goes down, we're going to have to uh, give him an Italian last name as well for this match because you can't come with the Zucchino to the National and not be Italian. There's something that we got to figure out there as well. So uh, just having some fun with the boys, and I'm sure we'll get uh, Jeff O'Neill uh, next week, and it's fun to poke back, and uh, we're going to have a good time. On the other side, we will talk all things GTC and set you up for the week that is approaching in the world of Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, celebrating 10 years as Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program, presented by SmartGolfDeals.com. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf, pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos, meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks. Bob, we're, we're talking a lot. We're hearing the term flatten the curve. Well, I got to tell you, I've been flattening uh, my own curve. Haven't had an alcoholic beverage since April 24th, down to 153 pounds. I'm only three pounds off my, 
my all-time bottom low weight of 150 pounds. I'm flattening my curve. I really thought for a while there it was going to be ugly coming out the other side of this, but I, I buckled down and I thought, you know, golf's coming back soon. We're going to join the living again and be in the great outdoors again, and I better get this under control. And the, the curve in the Zucchino household's being flattened. What kind of fun is that? <laughs> I don't know. I've been locked up here for whatever it is, two months, and I, I need a beer every once in a while. So <laughs> Having the time of his life. Well, you got, I got to tell you, it was, uh, this was basically out of necessity, Bob, because <laughs> you know me. I'm not good at moderation. I've never claimed to be good at moderation. <laughs> so, you know, a bottle of red a day was really not the play anymore. And, uh, you know, trying to keep up with Mrs. Golf Talk Canada is impossible because she's got the superpower I've always wanted, right? Like, you can have x-ray vision. You can talk to fish underwater. You can fly or leap tall buildings in a single bound you can take all of it i want to eat and drink whatever i want the rest of my life and never gain a single pound and that is the superpower that mrs gtc happens if i didn't love her i'd hate her for her superpower bob <laughs> yeah, i just i don't understand i have to run like marathons every weekend to kind of keep the uh the belly tight there but it's uh it's um it's lucky for those people who can just have that natural instinct right be able to Make it go away whenever they want to. Oh, so, yesterday, so envious. Yesterday, she had six chocolate chocolate chip cookies and a chocolate croissant on top of her regular three meals. So, and <laughs> 103 pounds soaking wet, Mrs. GTC. Unbelievable. Okay, lots of Golf Talk Canada uh, contests and stuff to get to. Woodington Lake, follow them on Instagram, Woodington Lake Golf Club on Instagram. They're asking you to help change up golf. They have extended the contest for one week. They are looking for you to rename the Legacy Golf Course. You know the Legends Course, home of the Ontario Open. That is staying the same and improving on an already championship experience. The Legacy Golf Course, they're changing it up. Two holes in every green. Looser, more relaxed atmosphere. Trying to bring that top golf environment to a green grass location. And they're going to have some fun, but they want you to help rename the Legacy Golf Course. They're going to have two nine-hole uh, layouts with two holes in every green. You can play 9, 18, 27. It's about fun, options, relaxation. Once the world get, gets back to normal, food trucks, relaxed party environment. They're going to have some fun over there at Woodington Lake. But they need you to tag two friends Follow them on Instagram and send your names. If they pick your name, you're going to get a chance to win a VIP golf membership for the season. In fact, if they pick your name, you've won. There is no chance. You're going to get a full membership on the golf course you named for 2020 at Woodington Lake, but you got to follow them on Instagram. 20 weeks of TaylorMade back next week. We are giving away close to $20,000 in TaylorMade product throughout the summer on Golf Talk Canada. The crescendo being 20 weeks later at the U.S. Open in September, where we will give away a full set, a full custom set experience of tailor-made golf equipment, top to bottom, through the bag, grand prize, 20 weeks of tailor-made, each week a lucky draw for someone who follows us on social media. If you follow us already on social media, you're already in. If you do not, Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Golf Talk Canada for your chance to win. That's at Golf Talk Canada for your chance to win close to 20,000 in prizing throughout the summer on 20 weeks of TaylorMade starts next Saturday. 
with May 9th with a brand new tailor-made SIM driver. We're kicking it off with a bang. The new SIM driver, shape in motion. Uh, unbelievable uh, how they picked up two miles an hour just by uh, creating that little fin. It, it, it reminds me, Bob, of NASCAR. When you hear the term drag in NASCAR, how the guy gets on the other guy's bumper and follows him around the golf course. And they pick up those extra couple miles an hour and then they kind of slingshot around the guy in front of them. And that's what this reminds me of by just geometry, creating that shape in, in the sole. They created less drag in the downswing and you automatically pick up two miles an hour club head speed by changing nothing in your golf swing. Pretty amazing. It's uh, it's a really cool golf club for those who haven't seen it up close. When you set it down at a dress, it looks just like a traditional style golf club. And when you turn it over, it's kind of like opening up the hood. You see everything of just what you explained, how this, basically how the drag is reduced and all the little fins and things, well, the, everything that's built into it on the bottom is really cool. But uh, it's traditional with uh, with all the bells and whistles you need to, to hit it just a little bit further, and we all need that. I'm going to tell you, Bob, you're going to love the fairway wood. I had the fairway wood outside once, like I said, back in March in Florida, uh, you, you are going to love how hot that fairway wood is. It's, uh, I fell in love with my M5 three wood last year. And this is, is, it's almost exactly the same. They added a, about 15 to 20 more grams in the sole plate that helps you get it up a little higher, a little easier. And they created a new metal in the face. And, and those two combinations about, I'm getting about, I know, I know this sounds nuts, but I feel like it's like eight yards of carry further off my three wood off the deck. Because, you know, I kind of flew my three wood off the deck 250 when I munched it, carry. That's my carry number on my three wood. And I'm closer to 260 now, like that 258, 259 number when, when I can get this three wood. And that's just in the technology. And it's amazing because it, it actually closed the gap between my three wood and my driver. And, and I've been one of those guys in the last few years, really before the M, uh, before the M5, my gap between my three wood and my driver was like 40 yards, way too wide a gap. Then when the M5 came out, the gap got down closer to like 30 yards. Now the gap is closer to 20 yards. Uh, really impressive with the fairway wood. I can't wait to get your feedback on it. Okay, Bob, before we wound up today's show, wind up today's show, uh, what's coming up with you this week? You've been saying staying crazy busy. You are just grinding out the content on .ca, which has been a blessing for Golf Talk Canada as well because we've been able to use it in our podcasts, on our radio show. What do you have lined up this week? Well, we're just going to follow the ball, I guess. You know, we'll, uh, we'll uh, hopefully that by this time we talk next week, we'll have an, uh, an opening date for golf in Ontario. Maybe hear something about Quebec. I know Nova Scotia is uh, in the same situation as Ontario where you can prepare to open. So those Cabot uh, courses will be getting there. Unfortunately, right now, you know, no travel, but we'll just be, we'll just be kind of following the ball and uh, we'll have an interview with a Canadian PGA Tour player who has, is yet to be named because he hasn't confirmed yet. Well, we'll see, uh, we'll see where that goes. I'm sure you'll, you'll get something and you're right. I think this time next week, we'll probably have some more announcements. My anticipation is we'll have something more concrete for the province of Ontario and what golf is going, when golf is going to return and how it's going to look like. In fact, we might even have that information by the time we do our video podcast. Don't forget, go to tsn.ca for the Golf Talk Canada video podcast every week. It drops around noon Eastern. Every week on TSN.ca, Bob and I will be back for that video podcast as well. Don't forget Adam Scully, Scully Scoop. 
some interesting stuff on Scully Scoop. He talks hockey, he talks sports, he talks golf, so check out his new podcast. And don't forget, this Monday night, if you are a subscriber to Bell 5 TV in Canada, you want to check out channel 1417 that's in the hd sports channel cbs sports network this monday night for bell 5 tv subscribers 8 30 p.m following nick faldo on the cbs sports network off the hosel north american premiere primetime monday night looking forward to that we'll be back for the video podcast we'll be back for golf talk canada radio next week and we'll be back soon with some GTC formal announcements on the return of Golf Talk Canada Television. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by SmartGolfDeals.com was brought to you by Adidas Golf. Pushing the boundaries in golf footwear once again with the all-new Code Chaos. Meant to challenge the definition of what a golf shoe can be. Visit Adidas.ca. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television, weekly on the TSN Television Network.